0: Most people don't enjoy trying times in their lives. I certainly don't. You know what I mean by trying times. Children can try our patients. A financial crisis can try even the closest husband-wife relationship. And a serious illness can try your faith. In fact, most of us would do just about anything to avoid the trials of life. What would you say if I told you that not only does the Bible address overcoming the trials of life, it also shows us how we can profit from them? If you will listen in the next few minutes, I've got some important information to share with you on just how you can make this happen in your life. The Bible addresses the very subject of the trials of life in the beginning of the New Testament book of James. What credentials does James have to advise us on the trials of life? Well, in addition to the Bible being the Word of God, James is the brother of someone who knows firsthand about going through and overcoming trials. That's Jesus. Yes, James, whose letter we're going to be looking at all summer long, is the brother of Jesus. So how do we profit from the trials of life instead of being defeated by them? James chapter 1 Begins, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. You notice James doesn't introduce himself as Jesus' brother, but rather as his servant. And he says in verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. For those of us who wish we could just avoid the trials of life altogether, James has a word for us. When it comes to the trials of life, he doesn't say, if you happen to go through trials. Rather, he says, whenever you do. In other words, the question is not if we will have trials, but when will they come into our lives. As believers in Jesus Christ, he promised us many things. The Holy Spirit, his continued presence with us, a home in heaven... A peace that the world cannot give. Jesus promised his followers a lot of things. But Jesus never promised easy. And James says we will have various kinds of trials. Trials related to cause and effect. It's a cliche, but if you play with fire, you'll get burned. If you eat too much, if you drink too much, you might have health issues. If you drive too fast... You might either hurt someone else or you might get a ticket. We all know and we've experienced all of these cause and effect trials to one degree or another in our lives. And in some cases, there were minor irritations. In other instances, we had to deal with life and death issues. Another way that trials come is they come to us just from being a follower of Christ. Trying times can come from living a godly life. To follow Jesus is to be a light in a dark world. To follow Jesus is to be out of step with society. To follow Jesus is to be a citizen of another kingdom. All of these come with their assortment of trials and challenges. Another way trials come, they just come in the mysterious and the unexplainable. There is no rationale for them. We can't figure out why they come our way. The premature death of someone that we love, a horrible accident, a terrible disease, all of these are examples of these mysterious and unexplainable trials that come into our lives. And generally, when these kinds come, we ask two questions, why and how. But unfortunately, in those situations, those are questions for which there are no answers. Now, in all three of these instances, if we're honest with ourselves, we can identify with these. And we have experienced these kinds of trials in our lives. When they happen, however, we have a choice of how we can respond. We can choose to be a victor or a victim. And the choice of which one we're going to be is left squarely to us. He says in verse 2, Consider it pure joy. Another translation says, Consider it an opportunity for joy we get to decide how we're going to consider our trials. In other words, what attitude are you going to have when trials come your way? Are you going to consider yourself a victor or a victim? Now, your attitude is going to be affected by your values. The word that James uses for consider can also mean evaluate. When Paul arguably the New Testament's most famous apostle, missionary, preacher, teacher, and writer, became a Christian, he evaluated his life and set new goals and priorities. Things that were once important to him became garbage in the light of his experience with Christ. In order to become a victor instead of a victim, when we face trials in life, we must evaluate those trials in the light of eternity, the Bible tells us Jesus was able to endure the cross because of the joy awaiting him. It says he endured the cross. He disregarded its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. What that shows to us is this. If we want to be victors, we can never let the present pain and suffering cause us to lose sight Of where we're headed. Here's an example for us. If the things of this life, possessions, health, pleasure, comfort, are more important than the glories of heaven, then trials are going to cause us to lose those possessions and health and pleasure and comfort and will produce in us a victim attitude. The flip side if, like Jesus, the glories of heaven are more important than the things of this life, then we're victors even if we lose everything here on earth. That victor attitude will allow you to look at trials in a different light. In verse 3 of James chapter 1, he says, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. A victor can rejoice in the midst of trials because he knows that testing works for us, not against us. Some translations use patience instead of perseverance. Either works. In the Bible, patience is not a passive acceptance of circumstances, it is a courageous perseverance in the face of suffering and difficulty. The only way we can develop perseverance and character in our lives is through trials. If you want a scientific example of this principle, just go and Google gold and how it is refined. We will not develop perseverance by reading a book, listening to a sermon, or even praying a prayer. We must go through the difficulties of life, trust God, and obey Him, even though you cannot see it or understand it. You can rejoice because God is working in you and through you, not against you. We can rejoice knowing that the trial, no matter how difficult Has the potential to develop something incredible in us. He says in verse 4 let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. A victor understands that you have to let God do his work. The goal for our lives is maturity, not just physical maturity, but spiritual maturity. And God does a work in us. First, he does that work for us. He does it for us in making salvation possible through his son Jesus. Second, God does a work in us, building our character as we become more like Jesus. And thirdly, God does a work through us, and that's service. The idea that God has to work in us before he can work through us, is something that we need to consider. If you want an example, a great example from the Old Testament, is what God did preparing Moses. God spent 80 years preparing Moses for 40 years of service. In verse 5, James writes, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God. is essential. The one who chooses to be a victor will pray. Well, what should he pray for? James says wisdom. Well, why wisdom? Why not strength and deliverance in our trials? Well, here's a great answer by way of example. A fellow pastor tells the story of his secretary. Her husband had suffered a stroke. Over the course of the next few days, the doctors determined that he would probably not make it. Two days later, she got some test results of her own that were the results of a biopsy she had had a few days earlier, and those test results confirmed that she had breast cancer. The pastor called and assured her that he was praying for What are you asking God to do, she asked. He was kind of puzzled by that question, but he said, Well, I'm asking God to help you and to strengthen you. I appreciate that, she said. But pray for one more thing, if you would. Pray that I will have the wisdom not to waste all of this. This lady knew the meaning of James 1.5. But James also cautions us that the greatest enemy to prayer is unbelief. Don't be like the cork bobbing on the waves, up and down and up and down and up and down. James says to us, believe. When you pray, believe and don't doubt. In verse 9, he says, Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. James applies his principles to two very different kinds of Christians, the poor and the rich. Money and social status were an issue then just as they often are now. But James points out, that trials have a way of leveling us. Oh, I don't mean leveling in the sense that a bulldozer would come and level a house, but rather it has a way of making us even. Regardless of our social status or how much we have or don't have, trials come our way. And when they do, it's your spiritual resources, not the material resources. (laughs) <laughs> that get us through the trials of life. What you have or don 't have materially is not a factor in determining whether you are a victor or a victim. In verse 12, James writes, "Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. First, the cross, then the crown. First the suffering, then the glory. We do not become victors by God removing the trials of life, but by letting Him work those trials for us. The devil will tell you that you're a victim because of your trials, and he will be glad to help you sink further and further into that victim mentality. But God wants to use those trials to build you up to maturity, and to make you a victor so today the choice is yours remember every christian really has the name vic every christian has the name vic the only question is is it short for victor or victim be a victor not a victim